0: Hey, my spookies. Before we start today's show, I just want to give you a quick update. My dog, Chicano, has had his full chemotherapy treatment. It is completed, and it really looks like remission is pretty much guaranteed. So fingers crossed. And I just want to say thank you so much. We've paid for half of his entire veterinary treatment just through GoFundMe. And if you want to help in any way possible, just go to weeklyspooky.com and click on Help My Dog. Anything is appreciated, and now, let's get to the show because this one is far out in all the best ways. The crystal meth game is already an unsavory world that doesn't necessarily make you feel safe and secure, but what if there was something even more dangerous than the addictions and the addicts all around you? What if there was something you could never predict was coming to get you And it's hungry. What's that? You want to be scared? Come with me. You will experience tales of horror, ghosts, and death. It is not recommended for the weak at heart. in the dark. It's more fun that way. This is Weekly Spooky. Hello, my spookies. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's time for a little spooky in your weekly. I'm your host and narrator, Enrique Kuto, and we have quite a the story for you tonight, a story that has a twist I simply don't think any of you will see coming. But before we get to that, I just want to simply say thank you so much for listening to the show. We bring you the scary stories every single week, regardless of time of year. In fact, we bring you even more stories around the holidays. So make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcasting app. And while you're there, if you want to help us in a way that costs you nothing, why not leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or iHeartMedia, or really anywhere you enjoy getting your podcasts. It helps a lot. It helps new people who are looking for scary stories because they see our show and see we have 200 people who really dug it, and that gives them a little bit of confidence. And if you want to support us in a more direct way, well why not go to weeklyspooky.com and click on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you get bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes looks at the podcasts we create, and so much more. In fact, we just had our first-ever watch party over on Patreon just the other day. It was a lot of fun. We watched Creep Show 2. So, if you want to join us and join in on the fun, go to weeklyspooky.com, click on Patreon, and sign up. It's the best way to guarantee that there will be spooky on the weekly and it'll go on and on and on. And if you're a spooky who wants to mingle with others, go over to Facebook.com and type in Weekly Spooky's Tomb of Terror. That's where we all hang out and share memes and try to scare each other. But now, my friends, it's time for the story after these quick words. Night of the Tyrants by David O'Hanlon Good things come to those who wait, Leslie Bonner said in his low, Texan drawl before taking a pull off of his Marlboro. Bad things come to those who live here. He wasn't wrong. The town of Fortune, Missouri had a way of dishing out horrible fates for its residents, Bruce and Maggie Boudreau knelt on the stained carpet of the single wide trailer that sat on the far western edge of the Gables, a trailer park converted into an industrial sized meth lab by the Dixie Mafia. If you lived in Fortune, you either worked for the Gables or the waste containment facility. Bruce wasn't about to risk his health handling toxic waste. Cooking Crank had been much safer at least until he stole ten kilos of uncut ice. Mags wanted new tits, and Bruce couldn't object to that. His cock came up with the plan before his brain had a chance to consider the logistics of moving so much product. He'd never sold dope before, in any quantity, but it seemed simple enough. Took less than a week to find a buyer for the whole damn batch, as it were. Unfortunately, the buyer turned out to be an undercover fed. Bruce and Mags escaped, but their car was left on the side of the road. Bonner's mole in the DEA tipped him off and he made the trip over from Nashville to deal with the mess. The entire operation would be relocated, which would mean months of lost production. Months that Bruce and Maggie wouldn't be around for. Leslie knelt behind Maggie, blowing a spear of smoke past her face. His pewter eyes cut down her bony back to the tramp stamp above the exposed, neon green strings of her thong. He glanced at Bruce with his sleeveless flannel shirt and -and stick-and-poke tattoos. He wasn't sure if the couple were cliché stereotypes or if Jack Turney had decided on this being the official uniform of all of his employees. Jack rocked on a stool to the Springsteen tape playing on the boombox. Leslie never liked Jack personally, but he was the best choice to run the lab. He'd been a manager at Walmart, after all. Killing him wouldn't exactly be wasteful, but it wouldn't be the most pragmatic choice either. Leslie tongued a chipped molar and weighed his options. It wasn't like he could take out an ad in the Help Wanted section. Leslie eyed the man carefully and flicked his ash on the carpet. Jack could live. The other two would just have to die more painfully to make sure the point still got across. Leslie extinguished the cigarette behind Maggie's ear. She fell forward, shrieking, before curling up in a fetal position. What the fuck? Bruce howled. Stop that! Leave her alone! Leslie backhanded him across the cheek. His topaz ring tore a divot from the tweaker's gaunt face. Maggie's scream seemed to get louder, changing pitch, and then went on forever jack stopped rocking and looked at one of the foil covered windows the aluminum blocked the heat signature of the labs from the police choppers using infrared scanners but it also left the occupants blind to the outside world his shaking hand battered the top of the radio until he found the stop button leslie turned his ear up to the ceiling it wasn't his victim he was hearing That's an emergency siren, Jack stammered. Something's happened at the waste plant. Toxic spill, maybe. Shit. Nothing else it could be. Great, Leslie hissed. He stood slowly scratching at his chin. A smile creased his face, and he gave Mags a kick in the tailbone. Actually, this is great. Fucking full-on act of God great. How You figure that, Les. Jack chewed his fingernails in anticipation of the answer. Feds can't snoop around if the whole area's gone nuclear or whatever the shit they have out there. Leslie chopped his hand down on the back of Bruce's neck and sent him crashing over. What the hell do they have over there? Nothing good, Jack muttered. Maggie crawled on her knees to Bruce's side and stroked his face. You okay, baby? Course he is leslie snorted i ain't about to kill either of you that quick just a little thump to make sure you're both paying attention you bastard maggie sniffled the running mascara became white trash war paint as she glared at him defiantly if i wasn't tied up you'd be the trailer rocked violently Leslie drew the oversized LAR Grizzly pistol from his shoulder holster and went to the nearest window, ripping away the tinfoil that covered it for a peek outside. He scanned the park for anything out of the ordinary, but only saw more of his employees stepping out of their trailers to investigate for themselves. Was that one of the labs? Jack asked, shakily. Too far away, Les reassured him something must have gone really rotten up at the chemical depot you keep any respirators in here jack nodded and jabbed a finger toward a cabinet near the sink good leslie waved him towards the window with the pistol come watch for anything unusual jack did as instructed he cupped his hands around his eyes and pressed them to the glass for a better look One of the crooks from the nearest lab lifted his safety goggles and squinted into the surrounding woods. The man took a few tentative steps forward, then stopped. He was pointing at something. Jack turned to tell Leslie when he noticed Bruce. Hey, knock it off! Jack grabbed a half-empty Schlitz can and chucked it at him. Bruce flinched as it bounced off his shoulder and the tiny pocket knife clattered to the floor. Mags snatched it up, quickly. "'Boss, the bimbo thinks she's being cute,' Jack tattled. "'She is cute, Jack. Just look at that face,' Leslie cocked the hammer back. "'Wonder if it'll still be cute dripping down the wall!' Maggie looked from Jack to the gun, then up to the surgical eyes of Leslie Bonner. He wasn't bluffing. She turned the knife over in her hands, and stabbed it into the floor. Les took a respirator from the cabinet without looking. Jack snapped his fingers and pointed to the far wall. Get your bony ass over there until you're told otherwise. He waited for her to stand before turning his attention back to the window. Leslie set the gun down long enough to get the mask on. The glass exploded inward, and Jack staggered backwards. He stumbled left, then right, then forward, back again. Maggie's screams filled the meth lab, rivaling the siren outside. Leslie snapped the gun up into a two-handed grip and aimed at the window. Jack continued to square dance, blood splashing against the ceiling from the stump on his shoulders. He finally collapsed next to Bruce, knocking over an ether tank in the process. His severed arteries spurted the prisoner's face, drawing gags and whiny curses. Bruce rose to his knees and scuttled away from the corpse. Where the fuck is his head? Leslie barked. He swung the pistol toward Maggie. What the? What happened? There's something out there, she shrieked. It it bit off his goddamn head. Obviously, Leslie changed his aim back to the window. But what was it? Hungry, you dumb son of a bitch, Bruce cried. That's what it was. It's a monster. I'm the only monster here, Bubba, Leslie reminded him. People were screaming outside. The trailer rocked and the ceiling creaked as something heavy settled onto it. Footfalls thumped like sledgehammer blows overhead. Maggie slid across the carpet on her knees for the knife. She began sawing through the ropes as whatever was stalking across the roof came to a stop directly above her. Something flashed past the broken window. Leslie's pistol unleashed a clap of artificial thunder and blasted a chunk from the frame. Bruce cupped his hands over his ears. Jesus, couldn't you find something smaller? He whined. Sure, lend me your pecker. Leslie stomped over to Maggie and snatched the knife from her. He pressed the edge against her cheek. The respirator made his eyes appear even less human. He cut her loose with a precise slash and dropped the blade in front of her with a nod to Bruce. Cut the little bitch loose, he grumbled. I could use an extra canary. Maggie did as instructed, then closed the knife and tucked it into her top. She helped Bruce to his feet, wiping Jack's blood from his face. It's going to be all right, baby, she lied to him. The thing on the roof shifted its weight, crumpling the tin loudly. Leslie fired two shots through the ceiling. The muzzle's fireball made the cloud of dislodged asbestos twinkle as it swirled around them. Crimson drops falling through a fist-sized hole spotted the carpet. Leslie grunted contently. "'Whatever it is, it ain't bulletproof,' he mused. The trailer shook as something threw itself against the wall outside. "'It ain't happy, neither,' Bruce said. "'We can't stay here.' "'I agree,' Leslie jabbed him in the gut with the pistol. "'You're going to hold the door open for us.' "'Fuck that!' Bruce shook his head. "'Ain't that something?' Leslie eyed him over, then turned to Maggie. It's not every day you meet a broad with two pussies. Her face reddened as much from embarrassment as anger. Bruce was a sweet guy, and he treated her nice. She'd married him because she genuinely liked him, after all. But Leslie was right. He was a fucking coward. She squeezed Bruce's scrawny arm. Please, sugar, it'll be all right. She looked at the wall behind them as the thing outside rammed it again. The panel split from the blow. See that? It's on the other side of the trailer. Just go open the door. What if there's more than one? Bruce asked. Then you wouldn't be able to count them anyhow. Leslie moved the gun to Maggie's pink lips. You open the door right now, and perhaps I find something I'd like to shoot more than your old lady get it bubba i get it he mumbled bruce's shoulders sagged and he scuffled to the door like a scolded child he gripped the knob but froze there maggie turned on her heel and kicked the wall she beat her fists against the wood paneling and the monster revved up its attacks the trailer home rocked from the thing's assault she looked over her shoulder to bruce hurry up baby i'll keep it distracted over here she told him. Yeah, Leslie hissed. Good idea. He joined her at the wall, stomping his shit-kicker against it and whooping like a knight at the rodeo. Maggie screamed profanities at the unseen evil outside. It shrieked back, stopping the humans dead still. They'd officially pissed it off. Claws dragged across the aluminum siding outside, The high-pitched grating made Maggie cover her ears instinctively. Les ground his teeth together. The way it switched from furiously battering the structure to meticulously scratching at it was familiar. It was the sort of sick psychological game he played to rattle people. Maybe he really wasn't the only monster in the gables. The door creaked on its hinges and Leslie whirled around expecting something to shoot. He stared at Bruce's back, waiting for the monster to pull him outside or snap off his head like poor Jack. Bruce turned slowly, his face whiter than normal. He ran to the sink, vomiting loudly into the steel basin. What is it? Leslie demanded. Bruce pointed to the door between heaves. Les leaned and craned his neck to see without having to get closer. It wasn't a great view, but it was enough. In the piss-yellow light of the street lamps, he could see the body parts wrapped in the tattered remains of white Tyvek coveralls and the bare, open ribcage of the torso. He cocked his head. The urge to join Bruce at the sink swelled in the back of his throat. The torso and the limbs were from two different bodies. The damnable thing outside had been ripping his employees to shreds. Why'd it get quiet? mags whispered because it wants to scare us leslie said certain that he understood it whatever it was we heard it made it personal it wants to play with us you heard it you stupid asshole maggie corrected him you got the fucking gun that's right i fucking do he grabbed her by the back of the neck and i got the keys to the chevy outside you pick which one gets you out of here. I'll take the truck, she snarled. Then go check that the coast is clear. He gave her a shove. She gripped the doorjamb and rocked on the balls of her feet. She took a deep breath to steel her nerves. Then shot her head outside for a quick look in both directions. She backpedaled quick as she could. It's clear. There's nothing out there but dead folk. She sniffled and wiped her nose with the back of her hand. Lots of them. Well, it's a dangerous job. Les strolled to meet her, digging the keys out of his black jeans along the way. Let's blow this joint. Something blew all right. The trailer's windows shook and the siding rattled. The creature outside screamed. And another answered it. Then a third, a fourth. Their primal calls carried with the rumble of the explosion. It wasn't like the first one. It was smaller, full of metallic clattering, and it was a lot closer. Most of the ingredients were volatile, and Les made sure his people had the purest high-grade versions of all of them for his brand of crank. Explosions were an occupational hazard under normal conditions, and the night had been anything but normal. The creature sprang through the open door, bending the frame with its girth. Leslie brought the pistol up and fired without thinking. A hunk of pebbled brown-green skin tore from its shoulder. It wriggled inside. Its elongated snout stretched open in a shrill, angry call. It slouched and snapped at Maggie's ankles. She jumped backwards, crashing through a table of Pyrex dishes and beakers. Les fired again. The jacketed hollow point punched into the creature's chest. A stubby, clawed forearm dangled from its twisting sinew. Another round blasted through the billowing, leathery neck and painted the wall with a thick, arterial spray. The final shot passed through its eye, turning its head into a gory party popper that littered the trailer with bits of brain matter and skull fragments. It collapsed with its powerful hind legs twitching, and shredding the carpet. Bruce walked to it, cautiously. Leslie joined him, followed by a limping Maggie. The top of the thing's head was gone, its nose laid three feet to the left, but the bottom jaw and its curved, serrated teeth were still intact. The thick, muscular tail squirmed on the floor the way a snake does after its head's been chopped off. Maggie sagged to the carpet beside it. It can't be, she said. It is, Leslie informed her. He smiled big, the way only a Texan would in such situations. Sweet Cheeks, we just killed us a dinosaur. Don't go away. Weekly Spooky will be right back. Dinosaurs ain't even real, Bruce shouted. Les hit him with the pistol, driving him to his knees next to his wife. They are, and there's plenty more of them, Leslie growled. At least three, matter of fact. Let's go to that truck, Mag whispered. She snapped her eyes to Leslie. Now! The keys fell into her lap. She held them up by the rabbit foot keychain. For good luck, Les explained. The rabbit had four of them, and look how he wound up. She stood skirting around the dinosaur carcass. The tail flopped about to block her path to the door. She tried stepping over, and it swept her leg, making her stumble forward. Leslie watched her topple over the threshold and disappear off the rickety steps. He couldn't hear her hit the ground over the still-screaming siren. He heard other things, though. Gunshots popped off around the gables, the sound of his employees fighting back against the prehistoric super-predators. Screaming and roars interrupted sporadically. Then, less screaming. Then, less shooting. He didn't get to fortune often, so he wasn't sure how many people Jack employed. But so long as they were fighting, it meant the dinosaurs were distracted. He gave Bruce a kick in the hip. Get up. I think we should hide, Bruce said, sniffling. The alarm means the depot called for help, don't it? How the fuck should I know? Leslie looked down at the dinosaur and huffed. Oh, hell, we better hope that ain't what it means. Huh? Goddamn, boy. This lizard's brains are all over the living room, and it's still smarter than you. Les grabbed Bruce's collar and hoisted him to his feet. They said it's a chemical storage site, but they're making dinosaurs. Don't you get it? Bruce stared at Leslie for a long moment before shrugging. He did not get it. It's a secret project where no one's going to give a fuck about it, Leslie explained. This town's always had shit luck and plenty of it. One more disaster ain't going to hurt nothing. Whoever's running the operation, really running it, is going to kill every motherfucking peckerwood and fortune and blame the whole thing on a chemical spill. Oh. Bruce bit his lip. His eyes widened when it all sank in. Oh. We gotta go. Glad you approve of the plan. Leslie rolled his wrist. The pistol felt reassuring in his hand, but it also felt light. He ejected the magazine and tossed it over his shoulder. It clattered into the kitchen. He eased the slide back a bit, but didn't look. It took him three more seconds to get up the nerve for that. He glanced quickly, scared of what he'd find. He gave a sigh of relief at the hint of polished brass. There was still one bullet in the chamber. He couldn't waste it on Bruce, not until the now-leaving-Missouri sign was miles behind them anyhow. The sudden rumble of his truck brought him back to the present. He gave Bruce a shove toward the door. The dinosaur's tail flailed once more and fell still as if letting them pass by choice. Headlights blazed across the yard and the truck slid to a stop in front of the porch. Les gave Bruce another prod to exit. Would you look at that, Bubba? Your old lady's come to save your sorry ass. Best we don't keep her waiting. He nudged him with the gun for emphasis. Bruce nodded and eased himself forward. Maggie was waving frantically for him to hurry. The tweaker watched the dino tail, expecting it to jump up again. He made it out onto the porch without incident and breathed a heavy sigh. Just get in the bed, baby, Mag shouted. We need to hurry. The whole mountain's on fire. I just seen one of them things. Bruce saw one, too. It launched itself into the bed of the truck, slamming its snout through the back glass in one fluid motion. Bruce watched it bite through the dashboard with a crunch. He screamed and jumped over the dead Saurus, sprinting back into the safety of the meth lab. You fucking coward! Leslie shouted. The gangster knelt and braced the pistol over his arm, taking aim into the cab of his truck. There was no clean shot. Maggie pushed the door and it banged against the porch an inch away. She was trapped the monster spat out the vinyl and swatted maggie with its snout it squirmed in place breaking away safety glass with its thick neck in an attempt to get a better angle on the succulent human morsel a forelimb shot into the cab rending the leather seats maggie tried to go out the window but was stopped by another blow from the dinosaur's skull it bared its teeth in front of her face The fetid hot breath reeked of blood and the scraps of raw meat clinging between the serrated fangs. It snapped down. Maggie jerked her head away, leaving a clump of Aquanet-flavored curls in the beast's mouth. Her foot battered the pedals in her attempt to escape. The engine revved, drawing a hiss from the monster. The dinosaur's fingers curled around the steering wheel. It wrestled itself further into the cab, rocking the truck violently with the effort. The monster tried to bite again, nipping away a piece of flesh from Maggie's shoulder. She saw Leslie in the doorway, taking aim, but holding his fire. She didn't see her loving husband, however. Leslie holstered the weapon and turned his head down. If Maggie was going to survive, she'd have to save her own ass. Another hot breath hissed across her flesh. She swung her hand around looking for salvation. Her fingers struck the chrome skull atop the gear shift. She stomped the clutch to the floor. The steering column shattered as the wheel was wrenched from it. Maggie hooked her fingers around the skull and forced the shifter into gear. The truck crawled forward. She slammed into the door, banging it into the porch again, again, one more time to no avail. The roof of the cab bent, allowing the dinosaur the room to move. It reached its head back and hissed. Maggie threw herself against the door again, still trapped. The monster spread its jaws and lunged for a killing chomp. Maggie's face hit the ground, shattering her nose. She'd never been so happy to hurt so bad. The snap of the teeth closing behind her echoed in her skull. She rubbed the tears from her eyes and watched the truck roll away with the dinosaur wrestling in the entrapment. It roared and shrieked furiously. The others answered the cries. Trees shook as one of them ran to its packmate. The chemical plant, or whatever it really was, had blown sky high and set the mountain ablaze. The orange-red hellfire of the spreading inferno revealed the shadow of the beast a realization far more terrifying than her brush with death came to maggie she pushed herself from the ground and ran back into the trailer thought you were a goner leslie said he shrugged with a grin told you the rabbit foot was lucky maggie slugged him across the jaw sending him reeling into the kitchen a second punch caught him in the temple He blinked away the stars in his vision and found himself nose to nose with Maggie. He felt the prick of her blade against the prick in his jeans. She gripped the strings of his bolo tie and twisted the pocket knife, drawing a grunt from Les and making him rise on his tiptoes. You could have shot it, she growled. Only have one bullet left, he informed her, saving it for a special occasion. Killing a dinosaur ain't special enough for you? Already did that tonight. Better be prepared to do it a few more times. Maggie relaxed her grip. The truck's gone. We're going to need new wheels. Baby, Bruce said in a shaky, uncertain voice. Baby, you made it. Maggie turned to face him. Blood poured freely from her nose down to the buttons of her denim shorts. Bruce's face paled at the sight of his frail little wife, bloodied, face streaked with running makeup and a knife digging into a drug lord's scrotum his mouth moved silently sampling the possible apologies for running away maggie stared toward him and he took an instinctive step back baby baby babe just calm down he gulped knowing that was exactly what not to say i mean ah fuck maggie gave him a shove and pointed the knife at him She knelt next to Jack Turney's corpse. The keys jangled as she jerked them from his pants. She looked at the dead dinosaur, remembering the scene outside. She stuffed the keys into the shallow pocket of her shorts. We got a ride, she said. Now we just need a plan. Jack's parked two trailers over. Les indicated the direction with his thumb. We only got one bullet to get us there. You didn't bring any more? Bruce asked incredulously. I was only planning on killing the two of you. Les shrugged. Maggie pulled a vial of crank from Jack's shirt and treated both blood-filled nostrils to a sample. It burned like a motherfucker all the way up, and the chemical rush down the back of her throat was a mix of copper and ammonia with the bitter aftertaste of ephedrine. She ground her teeth while it went to work on her nervous system. Les and Bruce were arguing, but she couldn't make out a word of it. They needed a plan, and nothing on earth is more creative than a tweaker with a fresh toot up their nose. She crawled along the floor to retrieve something shiny. She stood up, slinging the cylinder over her shoulder. She elbowed past Leslie into the kitchen and let the ether canister clank onto the countertop. Maggie continued tearing through the cabinets for various supplies without speaking to the men despite their questions and pestering. It took another fifteen minutes to assemble the components and attach a makeshift sling to the newly formed apparatus. Maggie slung it onto her back and held up a long-barreled wand made from the sink's pee trap and a section of shower curtain rod. She waved it around the room, pointing it at imaginary monsters guttural growls outside told her time was almost up she stripped a barbecue lighter to its bare essentials and used duct tape liberally to finish up her project les looked it over and raised an eyebrow then snapped his fingers i'll be damned he said with an appreciative whistle little lady made us a flamethrower me she corrected him clicking the switch to ignite the pilot light i made me a flamethrower You and your one bullet are following to make sure nothing tries biting my ass. What about me? Bruce asked. Oh, sugar, I got a perfect job for you. Maggie smiled menacingly. Since you like running, you can lead the way to the car. You know which one. The big blue caddy you're always ogling. Get moving. But a whoosh of flame ignited the curtains to let him know she was not fucking around. Bruce nodded and cut a quick path to the door. He didn't waste time stepping outside. A woman with a flamethrower is scarier than any monster, it turns out. He looked around and gave them a thumbs up before jumping down from the porch. Maggie and Les joined him a moment later. The gangster pointed to a ramshackle trailer. A mangled body hung out of one of the busted windows, and pieces of another meth cook decorated the yard like gory gnomes. Other side of that one, Les whispered. That's where he's parked. They scurried across the open avenue quickly and ducked into the shadow of the nearest lab. The trio kept low, moving slowly and watching for the rest of the prehistoric monstrosities. Maggie's mind kept racing back to the one she'd seen in the firelight. Pain, fear, methamphetamines, a lot of shit going through her system that could have made her see things that weren't there but she knew that wasn't the case it was real she'd seen it and she knew damn well that she was right the chittering of one of the creatures froze them all in their tracks it limped out into a yellow pool of light leslie bit his bottom lip the thing was missing a few toes and he knew it was the one he'd shot on the roof it lowered its head to the ground sniffing around It visibly tensed and let out a raspy bark. It called again, turning in a slow circle. Maggie never took her eyes off it as she prodded Bruce to continue on. "'It'll see us,' he whispered. "'Under the porch,' she told him. Bruce crawled forward, disappearing through a gap in the broken latticework around the porch's base. He held out a hand and waved for the others.' They started forward when Leslie grabbed Maggie's ankle. She glared over her shoulder, ready to burn him alive on the spot. He shook his head and pointed at the porch. Bruce's waving arm was all she could see. The rest of him was completely cloaked in the darkness beyond. Then it moved. The glint of eyeshine was right behind her husband. His arm jerked under the porch impossibly fast. She heard the wet crunching before he could cry out. Maggie screamed furiously and cranked the valve wide open. A spear of flame shot through the opening, igniting the porch in a flash. She saw the burning lizard dart under the trailer and followed it with a sustained blast from her weapon. Time to leave! Leslie shouted, trying to pull Maggie up by the band of her shorts. It's gonna blow! She looked up at the lab now a five alarm structure fire and knew he was right the dinosaur shrieked in agony as it cooked in the crawl space the wounded one limped at them fast as it could manage maggie spun and put a wall of fire between it and them the dinosaur couldn't stop fast enough on its injured foot it toppled over and cried out as maggie adjusted her aim to burn it too they rounded the trailer Jack's blue Eldorado was waiting in a gravel parking spot, a hundred yards away. They ran as hard as they could. Leslie passed her and got to the car first. He pulled the door handle only to find it was locked. He looked back and held out his hand for the keys. The ground trembled around him. Maggie slid to a stop, falling flat on her ass. Leslie looked at her, curiously. Loud, Fast thumps echoed through the night, each one reverberated through his body. He glanced at the caddy's side mirror and the warning that the object within was closer than it appeared. He rolled his wrist. The gun still felt reassuring. It was the special occasion he'd been saving that bullet for. He whipped the muzzle under his chin. The mother Tyrannosaurus snatched him off the ground in her powerful jaws. Her teeth shredded his guts and snapped through his back. There was a muffled pop as the gun went off inside her mouth. She slung her head from side to side until his lower appendages sailed over the top of a trailer. She turned her snout up and choked down Leslie's torso whole. Maggie got to her feet and fired the flamethrower in short bursts like a lion tamer cracking a whip. The big mama backed up slowly. The meth lab she'd set ablaze exploded. Startling the creature, Maggie got to the car and reached into her pocket for... nothing. The keys were gone. She looked back and saw them shimmering in the firelight, where she'd fallen. The flamethrower sputtered. She discarded it and dropped to the ground rolling under the car as the beast scooped up a mouthful of gravel. It bashed its head against the car, shoving it to the side. Maggie scooted along to stay underneath it. The explosion had thrown flaming materials into the surrounding mobile homes. They were all starting to go up. She was trapped under a car, being pursued by a dinosaur in the middle of Hillbilly Hiroshima. Metal crunched, and the frame of the car got uncomfortably closer to her. She crawled on her back toward the front of the Cadillac. The drive shaft tore her halter top open, and for the first time ever, she was thankful for her small endowments. She heard the clatter of the knife falling out of her ruined top. Her fingers curled around the wooden grip, and she opened it with a dainty click that the T Rex answered with a mighty roar. Maggie hurried to the engine compartment and wriggled her arms up groping blindly for the fuel line she cut at anything that felt right the third try sent a spurt of gasoline into her left eye and let her know she'd found it Maggie dropped the knife and continued forward as the pool spread beneath her she grabbed the bumper and took a deep breath holding it in while the monstrous mommy stomped over the car to the other side Maggie looked at the clawed feet It was facing away from the trailers. She had a chance. Maggie pulled hard on the bumper, freeing herself from under the car and grating away the flesh of her shoulders in the process. She rolled to her hands and knees, scrambling like mad until she got her feet under her and could run. The trailer exploded. The car went up next. She heard the pissed-off roar of the beast. She looked back to see it staggering away from the brutalizing heat. Another lab came apart in a massive fireball, engulfing the beast and spurring her to run faster. The glades continued exploding for another 30 minutes, and Maggie ran the entire time. She could barely hear the small pops of secondary blasts by the time her legs gave out, and she collapsed on the side of County Road 232. Her feet twitched like they wanted to keep going, but the muscles in her legs weren't having any of it. Helicopters rumbled overhead on a path toward fortune. She rolled onto her back, clapping her hands to get their attention. Her lungs were too busy fighting for air to call out. She slapped the ground in defeat. Maybe they were the army or something, and they'd kill that big bitch of a dino before it caught up with her. Headlights crowned a hill further down the street, and Maggie forced herself to her knees. She tried to slow down her heaving breaths, but it was pointless. It took all her effort just to stand. Something chittered behind her. She bent, putting her hands on her knees, and shook her head. She looked at the headlights, at her salvation, then over her shoulder just in time to see the teeth closing around her face. Just when you thought in over 180 episodes Weekly Spooky couldn't possibly do something you weren't expecting, I bring you dinosaurs. (laughs) Thank you, David O'Hanlon, for such a wonderful and fun story And uh, I I gotta say, I gotta hand it to David. I never would have combined dinosaurs and meth tweakers. But David is not your average person. Oh no, he's far more than that. So thank you again, David, and thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. And make sure you come back on Monday and hear a brand new episode of Terrifying and True. In fact, just two days ago, we published the story of the killing of Tupac Shakur, which is unsolved and may have been a hoax who knows i'm not saying it was but i am saying we're going to dive deep and find out if you love what we're doing here by the way you need to go over to weeklyspooky.com and click on patreon for as little as one dollar a month you get all kinds of bonus episodes and so much more and speaking of Patreon, I want to say an extra special thank you to our Patreon podcast boosters, folks who pay just a little bit more to hear their names on the show. And they are Bobbletopia.com, Megan Hua, Julia Kirsch, Brent McCullough, Gino Lyons, Steve King, Karen Weimet, Jack Kerr, and Craig Cohen. Thank you all so much. And if you want to hear your name on the end of every episode of Weekly Spooky, just go to WeeklySpooky.com, click on Patreon, and select a $15 tier or higher. And there's all kinds of great stuff coming out over on Patreon. But now it's time for me to get out of here until next time. Make sure you're subscribed because we publish all kinds of scary good content. But now for myself, for our executive producer Rob Fields, for our composer Ray Mattis, and our producer Dan Wilder, I will talk at you later. Thank you for listening. Make sure to find your way back next week. But for now, you are safe. Trust me.